0: In uh, uh, Philippians, I almost said Revelation because he was talking about Revelation before. So in Philippians chapter two, starting in verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so in the regular handout, we're on two. Uh, I then uh, on page three, I know I'm so clumsy saying this. We're on number two there. We're going beyond that. So number two says Hebrews 2, 5 through 18. But we see Jesus who's made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. And so we're on number three, which is not in these notes, but is this handout. Okay. Now that we're all totally confused on this handout, (laughs) Uh, number 1 was Christ and his mission became like one of us and we will be made like him we actually we are in the process of being made like and we have his righteousness we have we're clean before him in his eyes but we are as we are in on in this life we are growing lord willing lord helping us we're being changed into his image and so he took the likeness of sinful flesh and and imputing His righteousness to us makes us like Him. And we are accepted before God right now. By the grace of God, we're we're accepted before Him now. And we've already looked at all these verses here in uh, John 1, 6-7, number 4 there. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Power to become sons of God like Him. And so uh, number 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so letter B, it says, which is uh, how he designed it at the beginning, that uh, God designed us to rule and to change things. But sin changed things. So God designed us... To be like him. He, the Bible says in Genesis one twenty six. Is here in the notes, or in the handout. Uh, and God said, let us make man in our image, in, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And so this is the exact record of the word of God that God designed us to be like Him from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. He made us in His image. And, and of course, the serpent came along, lied to Adam and Eve, and they, they, took, they, they disobeyed God. They fell into sin. And man was fundamentally changed. And I believe all of creation with it, all of the earth has been changed from the way God created it. And so uh, and many other things that happened after that. The flood also fundamentally changed everything. Man and the animal kingdom has changed. And so my, my point that I'm getting at with all that is sin has brought disaster to humanity and all of creation. And so we are not just like God made us from the beginning because sin has ruined everything. And, uh, and yet, at the same time, by the grace of God, we have opportunity. And I hope everybody in this room is saved. I hope everybody is born again because that is how God manages to bring us back together. That's what Christ came to do. He came to make us reconciled with God. And so now, even though I am, a, I am, I am still a, a sinful man, I have been reconciled by Jesus Christ so that I am accepted in his presence. The Bible says in Hebrews, we can come boldly before his throne without having to meekly wish that God would let us in. That's not true at all for the for the saved man and woman. We are told we have the right and the privilege to come boldly into his presence, not demanding, but just as a child or as a as a family member, we're invited to come before his throne and we may come in boldly by the grace of God. Can I get an amen there? (laughs) And it doesn't matter what we've been talking about, what a desperate case that our country is in right now. But there is no situation too desperate for God. God has answers. He has the ability to to heal and reconcile and, and change things. And the greatest battle of all has already been addressed. The Lord Jesus has already done the most difficult, frighteningly terrifying situation. He's already fixed it. <laughs> the problem of, of sin between us and God. Jesus Christ has already bridged the gap. And so now we are in this life and we still have an old man and we are told day by day to crucify that old man and we're told to obey God and walk with him. So there is there is ways in which we can, you know, uh, despite the fact that we are still in a, in a, in a carnal body <laughs> and we live in a sinful world, we can still obey God and we can still walk with him and seek his glory in this world. And that's exactly what we are commanded to do. Walk with God, glorify him, even though we 're in the midst of all these challenges, and so we, we looked at all these things. man was meant to rule, have dominion over god 's creation. We looked at revelation five eight go ahead and read it now, just because we, we had two weeks. I feel like it 's been a forever amount <laughs> of time so revelation five eight and when he had taken the la- the, the book, this is revelation five eight and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb. Having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and, and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. You guys see God's plan. <laughs> and that's not where we are right now, but that's where we're going to be by the grace of God. And every one of us who are saved and born again, the Bible says, when this life is over, we're going to be changed to be like him. We're going to be put in a glorified body that's never going to grow old or die. And we won't have sin anymore. Can I get an amen there? There'll be no personal struggle, no personal conflict. And the Bible talks about in Peter that there's a war going on on the inside every day. And if you ain't fighting, then you are a casualty. In spiritual battles, every day, every child of God must get God to get him the victory over his own life. Because if you don't, then you're you're not helping, you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And there are plenty of Christians in America today that are part of the problem and not part of God's plan. And so our place is to recognize God has the answers, all of them. From my own personal spiritual needs to the to the to the ways in which this world's problems can be addressed. God has all the answers, all of them in his own hands. So our place is to go to him again What the Bible says he's made us kings and priests. We are meant to go to God and intercede for those around us. I'm supposed to be praying for all of you and you are all supposed to be praying for each other. And we are all meant to to lift up the people in this church, but it goes beyond that. We are meant to pray for everybody in our lives. If you see a person in need in your life, you're supposed to pray for them. And if there's some way in which you can minister to them, you're supposed to do that. Even if it's just a, a loving hand saying, I'm praying for you, I care about you. I will help you if there's some way I can. But we are meant to be interceding on their behalf. If there's a person who's lost, who's close to you, you are meant to be repairing to the throne every day for them. A loved one, a family member, a child, a grandchild, we are meant to be going to God every day for them. That's our job as, as, as kings and priests. I'm not a king now. I'm not, I don't know what my job will be in heaven. <laughs> if I am a street sweeper, that will be good enough for me. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're not there yet. We are here and we're meant to be serving. And that brings us to the final things. It's not in this handout. It's on my handout. So that is our future that we're going to be ruling and reigning with him. That's the way God designed it from the beginning. That's our future. But now we are called to serve the Lord and be servant to those around us. That is our calling right now. And we're going to get into a couple of things about that. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 and verse 33. Mark chapter 9, verse 33. And it says, and he came to Capernaum and being in the house, he asked them, what was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and called and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. (laughs) And you know, I I thank God for the way he just lines things out. You know, they are arguing among themselves who's going to be the greatest. I don't know if they mean apostle or disciple or maybe of them all. I don't know. (laughs) But they're arguing about who will be the greatest. And the Lord Jesus says, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And you'll notice Paul, is, as, as he's going through his progression in the scriptures, he begins by saying, I'm the least of the apostles. And he says, I, I persecuted the church. I, I'm the least of the apostles. And he said, but nevertheless, you know, I am what I am. And then later on, he says, I am the least of the saints. Again, Paul's progression is he's growing in the Lord. And listen, I don't believe this is hyperbole or it's false humility. I believe this is Paul's perception of himself. I'm the least of the apostles. He says, I am the least of the saints. And by the time Paul gets to the end of his life and Timothy, before he's going to be offered, he says uh, his perception of himself is I am the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of them all. (laughs) And I believe as you grow in the Lord, you begin to understand just how heinous your own sin truly is. You know, in in, the, in your beginning of your walk, I, I can't speak for everybody, but you might think, well, you know, sin's no big deal. <laughs> I'm no worse than that guy over there. I'm not as bad as that guy over there. You know, and the truth be told, as time, I think as you grow in the Lord, you begin to see yourself more and more and more clearly. I don't believe Paul was being falsely modest when he said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I think his perception of himself was that there's nobody's sins that's as bad as mine. <laughs> and again, I think that's, that's, that should be the natural course that about our own growth as a Christian is sin is, is not just unpalatable. It is heinous and it's evil and it's wicked. And, it, and, and the Lord Jesus came and sacrificed his life because of sin, my sin. And so our perception, our view about sin is, it is absolutely despicable and the worst of all is mine. I think that's that's a, a, a pretty accurate view <laughs> of sin. <laughs> and so that's our few, that, that, that talking about uh, again the, the point about we're kings of priests, that's our future, but now we are called to serve the Lord and be servant to all and to those around us. and so also um, in Mark chapter 10, so just the next chapter over in, in 10 in Mark, Mark chapter 10 verse 35, you would think that they'd be done with this discussion <laughs> about who will be the greatest, <laughs> but they're not. So Mark chapter 10 verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, coming come to him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Isn't it interesting they just had a conversation about who would be the greatest? <laughs> and so they say, Lord, do for us what, whatever we desire. <laughs> Verse 36, and he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? And I think it's amazing that he says, What would ye that I should do for you? Instead of just straight out rebuking them for even having this discussion, <laughs> which is what I would do. <laughs> They said unto him, "Grant unto us, verse 30, 37, grant they said unto him, grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy glory." But Jesus said unto them, "Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with?" And they said unto him, "We can." And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and with the baptism that I am baptized with with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And um, and when they ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be to the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And those last few verses, there, absolutely just spelling out. He says, you see how the Gentiles work. He says, you know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. That's the way you see it in the natural world. The people who have desire for power, they seek it and then they exercise their power over others. But that's not meant to be the way it works in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And it won't be a false humility. There, there's, there's, it happens too often in the church where people are operating just like they do on the outside. And there's, there's, there's a, a severe lack of humility. And there's a severe lack of love and ministering as in what's happening to you is more important than what's happening to me. And the Bible says that this is the way in which people will recognize God's love among us is when we love one another. And listen, love covers a multitude of sins. And when you love someone, if they're hurting, you're hurting. That's the way it's meant to be in God's house. That's the way it's meant to be in God's economy. And this false humility stuff and this, this exercising lordship like it happens out there, none of that's supposed to be happening in the house of God. And the truth is, is none of us have a place to lift up ourselves above anybody else. The Bible could not make this Any clearer, it's not possible it could be any clearer than has been laid out in the scriptures. The Bible says, do not be called master because ye are all brethren. You have one master, even Christ. And in the church, in the house of God, ye are all brethren. As in there's nobody higher than somebody else. You might have different experience. You might have different uh, uh, gifts. But this the, the, the level at which we all are at is at the same level. You ever heard the saying that the ground at the cross is level? <laughs> the rich man comes down <laughs> and, the, and the poor man comes to the cross and is elevated. Listen, that is the economy that we live in as Christians. Anything else is a mistake. And it's often born of our own carnal nature. Uh, you know, I, I do not I, I work. I, I don't want to be anybody's boss. I do not the way I see it is i'd have to deal with your problems <laughs> you know i I don't like my own problems i don't want to deal with your problems, <laughs> and so i've never wanted to be anybody's boss. I only want to do my own work, just leave me alone and do my own work and uh and and yet there are people that they want to be people's boss i i can't I can't identify with that frame of mind I, and I realize I, we're all different, but there are people they and and uh, the other side of this is there are people who are gifted to lead. They're gifted in, with the gift of administration. But even if you are, that doesn't give you the right to treat people like dirt <laughs> or to, to treat them like ants and you will step on them, Miss <laughs> Barry. Doesn't the Bible say that God is no respecter of persons? Amen. We need to? And, and exactly. And, and again, this, this goes back to the fact that Jesus Christ is our example. All across the board. Everywhere you look, in every way, Jesus walking through this life is the way in which we are meant to walk through this life. Brother Patrick? A parallel, you were saying we're all on the same level as brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. When Pastor was preaching Romans, I think he was basically saying, he even used his phrase, I think, that that all those groups that were being addressed were all on the same level mm-hmm. and that we're all sinners. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and, and, and again, that's another aspect of this. Is not one of us came from any other position of being a sinner saved by grace. Every one of us. You know, and and of course we are human, so if, if a guy is a murderer and and I'm just a standard sinner, <laughs> it's so funny just to say something like that. The truth is we're all we're both sinners. You know, and, and if you could stand side by side with Hitler, listen, it's the same blood of Christ used to cleanse a Hitler. As it is to use to cleanse me. No difference whatsoever. The Bible says, look, the Bible again makes this abundantly clear. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, among whom I am chief. Paul's perspective is I am the worst. So if he would save me, he'll save anybody. And that that is true. And every person that truly understands himself for who he is knows that God God didn't get a good deal when he got me. He got another sinner. And every other sinner is also in the exact same position. God is able to save them by grace. The debt has already been paid. It's a matter of the person accepting the free gift of mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation through Christ. Excuse me. And so my last, uh, and this is what we were just getting at, and what we've all been talking about and going around is Christ's example. Back in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Um, Let me start in verse six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. This is the son of God. This is God who left the the glory of heaven and became a man and walked among sinful men. (laughs) And he was born in a manger. And, and, you know, that manger was not I don't think it was too humbling because a mansion on earth could not be good enough for God. (laughs) And so that manger was just par for the course. It was just part of being a man on earth. And so the, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being in found being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so this example is, is spelling it out so clearly. And, and this is Let's go ahead and get to the notes because I want you to see you guys to see this. Back in uh, in your notes on page uh, three again, I almost feel like going. Ah. <laughs> we are back in the notes. <laughs> so letter C on uh, page three is Christ obedience as a servant. We just read seven and eight. But, uh, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. So God in, the, in, in Jesus came and became a man and that humbling was so much greater than what we can understand. But even from that position he didn't just become a man he made himself as it says here of no reputation as in you know, I mean, just the simple equation of the way we tend to think of people like when you're in high school. Oh, that person's popular as though they have something that you would like to have if you don't have it. I, I was one of the unpopular people. <laughs> and so anyway, the, they don't have any more value. But the, the, the point is, is Christ came and he did not seek that kind of thing. He made himself of no reputation. He was the son of a carpenter. He lived among the people. He was, he was a servant. He was a, 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 a man of no great stature. And so um, he became a servant. So in your notes here, it says, letter I underneath C, is Jesus Christ was prophesied of that he would be a servant and would suffer to make many clean. Please turn with me to Isaiah 52. This is one of the most extraordinary passages. Isaiah chapter 52, starting in verse 13. So you guys know the divisions in the Bible, they're not and they're not inspired. They they were made to make things easier for us to say, turn to Isaiah 52. (laughs) And so the divisions and this is one of those divisions, which I don't think is necessarily the best division because it splits up a very important passage. So Isaiah chapter 52, starting in verse 13, this is this is the God, the father speaking here and so it says behold my servant shall deal prudently he should be exalted and extolled and be very high isn't that interesting that he begins to say my servant and then he says he will to be extolled and very high and so you know many times this happens in the scripture where the first thing god gives you is the panorama the going from here to here and gives it in one sentence or, or, or maybe a couple of verses. God will give you this huge panorama. You see it in Genesis chapter 1. God gave the, 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 the testimony of creation. And then chapter 2, He breaks it down. And He makes it more detailed. And so this is one of those panoramas. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Now look at verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man so shall he sprinkle so shall he sprinkle many nations the kings shall shut their mouths at him for that which which had not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they consider who hath believed our report to whom is the arm of the lord revealed For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry, out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You see how far the Lord Jesus is being humbled. He's going further and further and further down. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall, be, shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors, you know what's so amazing about this passage? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, we're we're finishing up, and so um, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> we're finishing up. So this passage. Now this was, this was, this isn't just Old Testament. This is hundreds. I don't know how many years before Jesus was born on Earth, and yet this passage is so. Intricate in its detail about who Messiah would be. And so the first word back in uh, verse, chapter 52, verse 13, is what? Somebody tell me. The first word describing who Messiah would be is what? Servant. 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 <laughs> Jesus Christ came as a servant to all men. Every person who's ever lived. Nobody can make himself a greater servant than someone who is a servant to everyone else, and Jesus is the example for us. Christ's obedience as a servant, and we ran through this so quickly. I didn't know we were going to run out of time at the very end. But just just to emphasize here, verse thirteen. It's here in your notes. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. Verse uh, verse uh, verse fifty three, and. Uh, uh, Chapter 53, verse 11, down at the bottom of this area. He shall see the travail of soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. He, for he shall bear their iniquities. The Lord Jesus bore the sin of the entire human race. All men who ever will live, Jesus bore their sins. That means Hitler's sins... Were born on, on Jesus Christ. That means that murderer you read about in the news, the rapist, these heinous things that were committed by people. Jesus Christ bore the weight of those sins and the punishment of them on Calvary. We're gonna have to make it real quick, brother Albie. Isn't it ironic that that's 20 years later there's still no room for him? There was no room for him in. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> amen no and and that's that that is exactly the scenario on planet earth today you know despite the fact that jesus christ was a servant of all men despite the fact that he is the hope of the human race there's still no room for humanity we'll close in prayer (laughs) thank you lord for this day thank you lord for the beautiful record of your son in scripture and lord the, the the provision that was made not only to save us but to make us in your, to, into your sons and make us into your people and, and also the example how we can, how we should be servants. Help us, Lord, to, to walk day by day with that understanding that we are your servants and we need to serve those around us and be ministers as, as you've called us to be. Please bless in the coming hour for your glory. Meet the need of every soul here today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad you said that because I forgot to mention that uh, we have uh, the last Saturday in September is uh, what we've got planned for our get to our fellowship, and uh, so there's some logistics about that. And we're going to have to have a handout sheet uh, uh, for things about that. We also may uh, we'll we we'll figure out some other things. But the last sap- sept- last Saturday in September, <laughs> think about that. Our class, yes, sir. So we'll we'll try to get the handout sheet out next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what happened oh here it is. I'm just looking for my my start gear sheet. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. Not, 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 no, no. And, and, yeah, the only details we have about his physical appearance is there's nothing special. Right. Yeah, And, and nobody would think anything about all of us. And, and, yeah, that, that picture of... They uh, make, I don't, I'm not going to judge you. like he's <laughs> not yeah, right. and, 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 and for that matter, people who want to talk about Jesus' ethnicity, there's no problem. Right. You know, he was a Jew. Whatever Jews look like, that's how he was. If you go back to Acts <laughs> 17, what is the one about all, made of all, all one? blood, one right. nation. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Those those are the details we are supposed to focus on. <laughs> Amen.